Shut up and sit down. Hey, how are my people today? I'm Chris. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And this is Film Nerd. We would be honored if you would join us. And here we go. Hello and welcome to Film Narc. It has it has been a while. Uh, how, how are you guys feeling? We're doing good, actually. Oh, good. Yay! Yeah, Chris is super excited. Um, <laughs> I feel so good, I'm cheering. I know, look at that. The Christmas cheer is with you for all to hear. Um, yeah, we've been caught up. We've been working on some other projects, which we'll talk about a little bit later during the commercial break. Um, but we're just uh, working hard for you listeners, wanting to do something fun for you. So, yeah. Anyway, I guess we should get started with the Daily Snitch. Should we get to tell the cops? Well, little bitey told me. The Daily Snitch. Alright, so you guys, you didn't hear this from me. But actually, in just a couple hours, they're going to be unveiling the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. And they released a short little snippet uh, that was about 18 seconds long. And I gotta tell you, from these 18 seconds, I am in love. What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I saw that little snippet, and uh, I'm loving every second of it. I mean, I think it's gonna be great. I think the whole movie is gonna be great. Yeah. I hope. I mean, but the um, the little additions to the costume, mm-hmm. the the look of the movie. The Stark involvement. I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, Chris. Uh, it's it's just a teaser, but everything about. I mean, Marvel's just been so on lately. It seems like yeah. they really know what they're doing, and what they're making, and what they're selling. And uh, I really trust them right now. And I feel like they have a lot of viewer trust. Yeah. They, like their audience trusts them. Um, so I think that's given them more confidence to do more with the stories. So. I mean, we all know Tom Holland was a great pick uh, yeah. to play Peter Parker, and um, he was fantastic in doing... Civil War. That's why you can kind of go into this feeling a little bit comfortable because you've right. seen you it like already. You're not guessing as much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, they're doing a lot more practical effects, so just everything is looking up. Yeah, and, and we're actually going to see more of Peter Parker in high school. I know that's a bit of an assumption, but from the teaser, you know. Um, yeah. Right. The backpack and the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna see more of him in high school, and I'm excited about that as well. So I, yeah, I'm totally same here. Yeah. I'm uh, trying not to get too like. I'm trying to adjust my expectations because it's still a while. You know? Yeah. A- after this trailer, I'm sure my amp level will go up a hundred percent because Spider-Man is my favorite hero, and apparently in this movie it is supposed to try to balance Peter as a student and all that type of stuff more, which was a major missing dynamic from the other movies. Um, But what I love is what they featured in this little teaser, which are the web wings, which in any sort of Spider-Man art in any of his comic books, he always has some sort of webbing in his armpits, and I thought that was a really neat way to incorporate you know, classic Marvel comic book art into uh, little aspects of the character. It shows that they're really paying attention with the Spider-Man image, 
and I I love it. That is just straight out of the comics, and it's something that they didn't even attempt to do in the other ones, and it's not something that you notice missing, and you're like, oh, bummer, they didn't do that, but when you see it, you're like, oh, nailed it, which, I'm, which I loved. Nice. All right. Now, so, gentlemen, hmm. you didn't hear this from me. Oh, but okay. And the new movie that's coming out, The Mummy, yes, with uh, Tom Cruise and all those guys. Well, Russell Crowe is going to be playing Doctor Jekyll, yes. Doctor Jekyll from Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh, now the director has said that um, he's there to promote the induction of the classic monsters, potentially in the way that the Avengers are doing it, so that future movies will have integration of different characters into um, these classic monster movies. So the mummy is going to be very much the mummy and not about Dr. Jekyll, but he is in the movie for a very specific purpose. And that is for Hyde, of course, Mm. um, later in the uh, movies that the director plans to make. So I thought that was kind of cool. He, the director gives shout outs to, I think it's Joss Whedon um, about the Avengers movies and the way that they do it uh, in the article that I read. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's that's awesome because I originally thought that this was a reboot of the Brendan Fraser Mummy series. But (laughs) seeing that it's part of like the um, old Universal Monsters, which I adore and I love Boris Karloff, uh, I, I think it's great. So I'm hoping hearing the inclusion of Dr. Jekyll, I can't wait to hear about Frankenstein or hopefully a new creature from the Black Lagoon would be great. New yeah. Dracula. Those I'm really excited for that possibility. Frankenstein's between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Frankenstein, those are really hard for me to like pick a favorite. Yeah. What What about you, Chris? Do you, how do you feel about the Monster Mash? Um, I think it's amazing that they have like Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe and they've, they've hinted at, at other big stars for, they want to reboot the whole universe, the whole monster universe. Yeah. And, and they're totally not going, um, you know, they're getting like top shelf talent and I think they're really approaching this like. You can tell that the studio really wants to do something with it, and that's always a good sign. Also, mm-hmm. it seems like they have confidence in it, the fact that they're releasing a trailer. The trailer looks good, you know? I mean, and you, there's only so much you can judge by a trailer, but this movie looks good, and from the talent that's involved, yes. it just seems like it's going to be awesome. And, of course, you you got to be excited to see a reboot to all the, the monster films, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like we've been really needing that lately you don't see a lot of that imagination and i don't know maybe it's a a symptom of um movies doing pretty well doing better these past um couple of years people have been uh i'm, I'm hoping that studios are getting enough courage maybe through just like the success of superhero movies and such to do riskier kind of more outlandish projects you know because mm. i think more recently you could say that a lot of these like monster ideas felt like they're too crazy, you know, beyond yeah. this willing suspension of disbelief in the modern audience. But I think they're seeing from like superhero movies and their success that we're all still willing to forget that, you know, these things are probably not actually happening, you know, and just really have a good time. So yeah, yeah I'm mm-hmm. excited. Like it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't hear this from me. Okay. Uh, but uh, with The Walking Dead's numbers, as far as viewership is going, is consistently going down, and it's and it's reached record lows. Yeah. Uh, this new season, so. Uh, there's just, you know, people are kind of upset. People are surprised, um, especially because there's a lot of big stuff going on um, this new season. I know the pilot started with finding out who got killed at the end of the previous season. And, like, they're revealing a lot of um, new information. So I don't know. Do you think people are just getting tired of the of the show itself? Or do you think the show's quality has gone down? That's a really good question, because I'm still watching it. I'm an episode behind. I am still watching it, but I am losing a little bit of interest uh, in the show, um, just because I I feel like some of the characters are giving up a little bit. Not the actors, but the characters themselves. Hmm. And the story is not quite as engaging, because they're, they're separated. Um, and of course, one of the main characters that I loved is no longer with us. So I don't know. I mean, that's a really tough question. I will continue to watch it, but I'm not quite as invested as I was, um, in the, um, the other seasons. Although I like the introduction of the newer character, um, Ezekiel. Negan, Negan? the bad guy or no Ezekiel. Oh, oh, the is he the red-haired guy? He's the lion guy. Okay, lion man. Um, I think it has to do. There becomes a certain point in time when you're watching something and you normally had like a love for it, and then you can tell it's kind of going down in terms of quality. That there's a completionist part of you to where you're like, well, I gotta see it through now. I've stuck through these many seasons. I gotta see what's happening. But um, I think. I think it's a tough category, the zombie survival thing, um, because it's you kind of know what you're getting into, and when you get into doing so many seasons, you're kind of like, okay, well, this kind of stuff is going to happen, and you know surprising people will die, and you don't quite know who it's going to be, but then that kind of stops being surprised when you know you're going to be surprised. So it's I think it's more just the effects of time, than it is anything else, because you're getting kind of used to the structure. And what bugged me about ratings going down were people complaining about um, the death scene, the big one. And that was shot for shot, almost taking out of the graphic novel, which this is based on. So that just shows me that people don't know what it is they're actually watching. (laughs) Um, Right. Like they it, were, yeah, they it got into it for other reasons. True probably. to form, so you can't complain about something that's true to form. You can't go, oh well, it's way off base of what they do. Oh, they took that way too far. It's like that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. Now, if they did something totally different, I understand that argument. That's fine. But the fact that it's pulled straight from the source material, I don't feel like you have a valid argument for that. Yeah, right. I don't know. Well, if, I don't know. They kept him around for so long, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys subscribe to the J.J. Abrams philosophy that the audience needs a mystery box or that, you know. Um, but I always felt like a show to like to continue watching it season after season. I need something that's constantly changing but linked. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be procedural. I don't want it to be the same thing every episode, you know, a complete story. I need there to be something interwoven throughout. And what this show has kind of lacked in, I mean, you always got like zombie killing and that's always good. And that's going to mm-hmm. keep you coming back for more to a certain extent. But you need storylines within the characters that are really engaging. And I gave up on, on The Walking Dead at, around like season three or season four where it just quit like – Nothing seemed to be changing in any dramatic or reasonable way. And honestly, I never cared enough about the characters to really mind if they died, except for like some of the main ones, like Glenn and his girl. And like, you know, um, so I understand like why they did start killing main characters off, because I think that did sort of in a sense need to happen. But at the same time, I just feel like that's not the problem with the show. The problem with the show is there's no like with the office if it was never quite as good as soon as Jim and Pam got together, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they had Michael Scott to keep people coming cuz he was just so dynamic. The Walking Dead doesn't have a Michael Scott, you know? They need a will they won't they kind of <laughs> aspect to the show, I feel like. So No, I'm just picturing the character of Michael Scott in The Walking Dead and <laughs> I want to see that show. <laughs> so bad I want to see that show. I would watch that. I don't think he'd do very well in The Walking Dead. Um, all right, guys. Uh, do you, uh, I think that we should take this out of our hands and instead leave it to teasers. Film Nark, I think you're being a little hard on the teasers. Shut up, Dad! Okay, uh, who wants to go first with their... Teaser, honorable mention, not their main pick, but their honorable mention. I need to go last because I'm not sure what okay. what mine is, but I'm aware of all of them. So you guys do yours, and I'll pick one. Okay, I'm going to go pick. honorable mention then. Okay. Um, this is uh, Fences, a movie nice. by Denzel Washington, directed, written by Denzel Washington, starring him and quite a few other people. Um, the trailer is good. It's uh, definitely a drama. And it's uh, it's basically about a, a, a small family, and um, basically his love and hate of of that same family because of his past. Like he was a great baseball player, and then he stopped doing that for certain reasons that weren't mentioned in the trailer or whatever. And I think he has some sort of like a, a vendetta against his own son to mm. do better. Vendetta is not the right word, but basically it looks it looks really, really good. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. That's Fences. Sorry, it comes out December 25th, 2016, so it's coming out um, very soon. Yes. Um, um, based on a Broadway that won a bunch of awards, and oh. uh, um, Denzel Washington and the lead, le- leading lady, I'm don't know her name i don't have it in front of how to get away with murder i think right um i don't know but they're both in it and uh oh viola davis is that it you know what maybe it's not you're right Uh, no i I watched the trailer a couple of days ago so i think you're right but anyhow they both won awards for the broadway and apparently they're you know just making it into a film and it's supposed to be amazing so i trust it I think, and the speech that he gives his son is really stirring. So I think mm-hmm. it'll be uh, re- really interesting to say the least. Yeah. 
Um, I'll talk about my honorable mention. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, honorable mention. Yeah, uh, it's right. my honorable mention. This movie looks absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, you got the James Gunn humor in this teaser. Uh, you have Rocket and Groot, which is adorable. Baby Groot steals the show hands down and uh you get a lot of banter between them you can you feel good knowing that it's going to be a solid follow-up not a lot of things are being tweaked too hard it's still going to have the original guardians of the galaxy feel and i think you can pull that a lot from the trailer lots of cool new characters um they're hinting at a lot of different arcs between characters it's it it just is another one of those movies where I feel like I'm not cool enough to watch it. So always a good sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, and that mention. comes out May 5th, 2017. Nice. Honorable mention mention for me. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this yet on the show, but, uh, um, John wick too. Yeah. Uh, they had yeah. a trailer and it looks amazing. It looks incredible. It looks like exactly what you want it to look like, you know. Um, so I, I'm excited about it. Uh, Corey and I saw the first one together in the theaters, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, this one looks like more of the same, which is exactly what you want. And I remember after we saw the first one, we both said, like, I want to see another one of those. I want to see – I want them to expand upon the whole, like, hotel, you know, the continental yeah. idea. And I want to see yeah. more of all these characters. And I wanted that's John exactly Wick 2 immediately. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I'm excited about it. A lot of times, like sequels, you're like, "Gosh, why are there so many sequels?" But this mm. is the exact kind of sequel that you want to see. Yeah, the movie was amazing. We wanted to see more. We're getting more. It's great. Um, and we get it February 10th of next year. So that's really just around the corner. That's not far off. And right. uh, uh, yeah, that's just something that really gives me a lot to look forward to. So, um. Yeah, I know Matt. You and I, we watched this movie recently together too. We did. Yeah, um, it's it's so good, man. Yeah, and the trailer just looks like more of the same. It looks great. Yep. So, yeah, over the top, ridiculous, but slightly practical. Really it's cool good. gun gun violence, basically. Yes. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Gun right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I guess onto my one of three. Do you want me to just do all three or one at a time? Um, trailers. Yeah, you have three. All right. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I actually have four, but I'm only doing three. <laughs> okay. Go for okay, it. so um, number one, or rather number three, is the Mummy, um, with Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. What we talked about already in the in the <clears throat> uh, the Daily Snitch. There. Yeah. The trailer looks amazing. It's coming out June 9th, two thousand seventeen. Um, number two, um, Goon 2, The Last of the Enforcers. I yep. love Goon 1 so much. Never I've watched it. it probably 35 to 50 times, and that is not a joke. I love that movie. Um, I'm really excited. Jay Burrichell is doing uh, the movie, and um, it comes out March 17, 2017. The trailer actually doesn't look, like, great. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but, it, like, the trailer doesn't. I don't think the Goon trailer looks that great either, but the movie is awesome, so I'm excited for this one. Um, and lastly, and firstly, and the one I'm most excited about, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. 
This trailer looks insane. It's from the director of The Fifth Element, and it's based on a graphic novel. It comes out July 21st, 2017. I can't even explain it. Just watch the trailer. Hmm. The effects in this this trailer look so good, um, and the story looks insane. It's about like some time-traveling uh, agent in space, oh. and oh my gosh, it looks so good. It's by the people who did it, Fifth Element, so... Yeah, it, it looked super colorful, and uh, I I have to admit it looked interesting. It looked fascinating. Um, it could it could totally go the wrong route and be super cheesy. So I'm hoping they it has good effects and and it really holds up, and that those two leads are kind of untested. So I hope they do good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, if they can carry the uh, movie the and the there. effects are good, I think it'll be really good. I can't what remember you what he's been in recently. I can't remember what the main guy has been in recently, the dark-haired one. Um, I guess I can't really say anything about it because I haven't, can't remember, but he's been in something that I saw recently. Grown Ups um, 2. <laughs> uh, I didn't see that, and I <laughs> no don't want did. to see that. <laughs> and uh, Oh, I just wanted to throw this one out there, too. This is I should have put this in honorable mentions, and this will be quick. Brimstone. It's uh, a Western thriller. Just watch the trailer. It looks really weird and, and very cool. Kit Harrington, right. Dakota Fanning, Guy Pierce, March 2017. All right. Nice. So uh, I chose my pick is the newest trailer for uh, Kong Skull Island. Um, I am a big giant monster movie fan. I love them. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. And uh, this movie is going to be set in the world of Godzilla. John Goodman's character works for the Monarch Company uh, that was in the Godzilla Gareth Edwards one. Uh, so it's helping tie it together. Um, and this shows John C. Riley in a comedic role. It gives you a little bit to kind of laugh about with the movie. But you actually really get your first look at Kong and kind of how... The director in some interviews said that he is basically a god on that island and he's lonely and he doesn't know why he's there necessarily, but he just goes around protecting the island. Um, and it introduces some other lizard creatures, like in the classic Kong, he was fighting dinosaurs and it looks like they found a way to incorporate those. Um, and this movie just looks fabulous and it looks like there's a great story to it. And it looks like they really found a way to um, make Kong even more of a character. So I'm incredibly excited about this whole thing. And the trailer is just gorgeous. It's phenomenal. So watch It really that. does look super, super good. And uh, it comes out March 10th, 2017. And I love um, it when John C. Riley goes, I, I call them skull crawlers. But now that I say that out loud, that sounds really stupid. So I don't know. Call him what you want. <laughs> I just I think his his character in this reminds me of his character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I love John C. Riley in these more like more um, upstanding roles in a sense, not fully comedic, but still very funny. He does that really well. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that line in Guardians of the Galaxy where he says, "I don't believe anyone's one hundred percent a dick, ma'am." It's like it's so perfect <laughs> for that movie and. 
this looks like kind of more of the same, like this very like just a perfect comedic relief in a very yeah. serious kind of surrounding movie. But yeah, this movie, I'm super psyched about it. They've totally sized up Kong. Um, the 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 last one that um, uh, Peter Jackson. Yes, thank you. Peter Jackson did. I really loved. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it too. Uh, yeah. So. But this one looks like even better. Like they're they're taking the story more seriously, and it's mm-hmm. less of just an action movie. And and yes, visually Kong looks amazing, and what they're doing with the story. And I like the cast. Um, so I'm yeah I'm I'm 100% into this. And I am a big fan of these universe movies that we've been getting, where they yeah. kind of link everything together. I'm a fan of that. I want to see more of that. So, I, yeah, me too. Yeah. I want to see more strange integrations. Like when they talked about Men in Black mixing with 21 Jump Street, I was like, right. that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of, but I would see it. Like, I like the idea behind it, but Men in Black, I feel like, is kind of a, a dying brand. I think we should mix Patch Adams <laughs> Make a shared you universe. Just to name make, two crazy movies. Make a now. shared universe with Patch Adams. <laughs> I can't get past that one. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. <laughs> Please. Oh uh, my gosh. My what trailer. <clears throat> my trailer is Silence. Mm. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Guardians of the Galaxy too, because of all these movies, that's the one I'm most most excited to see and i think probably the best trailer honestly patch adams and weekend at bernie's there you go (laughs) there you go (laughs) it's everything you want to see in a trailer for guardians of the galaxy basically you got the soundtrack you got uh, drax being funny you have baby group being amazing um and of course like chris pratt just on screen that guy he's like steve mcqueen in his heyday he has so much charisma like anytime you see him you're just like i'm glad he's in that movie yeah um uh he's the kind of movie star i feel like now where anything that he's in i'm willing to go see you know because i know that i'll enjoy him even if the movie isn't that good but uh um silence is with andrew garfield who is killing it right now and adam driver it also has liam uh liam neeson nelson liam yeah liam neeson Neeson. you got there (laughs) i'm bad with names today uh, anyhow, it's about this monk who's like, who went off to spread the gospel and got, you know, stuck somewhere. And his like followers, two of his followers, go out to kind of continue spreading the word and also see what happened with him. And so it kind of follows their journey. There's a Martin Scorsese movie. It it looks like it's a little bit a different kind of context for him to tackle. And a lot of what I'm excited about for this movie is simply, like, Andrew Garfield and the choices that he's been making in movies. And Kylo Uh, Ren. And, yes, and it has Adam Driver, (laughs) Kylo Ren, and it just looks like it's going to be an amazing performance from those two. And I'm really – I've always felt like monks are fascinating, especially in the way that they – in the few times where they did things – ultimate enough to actually affect um you know history you know to to the extent that we record it and so i'm i'm really looking forward to this i I find it fascinating and it looks it looks like it's going to be a cool movie and martin scorsese you know he like he he rarely ever puts out a stinker so yeah 
Anytime I hear Martin Scorsese's name, I think of the Good Feathers from Animaniac saying, Good Feathers perch on Scorsese's head. I just think of <laughs> that every time. That is in my Netflix queue. Nice. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the first half of this episode. So you're going to hear a fun little ad, and then we'll jump into the second half. Hey, this is Pat from Film Dark. Uh, we're going to be doing a second podcast, um, a D&D actual play podcast called Perception Check. Perception Check. It'll be on iTunes very shortly. Um, as soon as we finish editing and getting websites and Twitters and all that kind of stuff. But we wanted to let you know about it here so that you can check it out. It's going to be me, Chris, Corey, uh, my wife, Adrian, and then later, uh, another character. Um, so join us in our adventure. Adventure is out there. I feel like it'll be weird if we start up to where it just says, Super Mega Question Fantastico! So I'm going to do a little lead-in for it. Okay. Okay. Hey, guys! I... <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> uh, hey guys, uh, I got a question for you. Super mega question, fantastico. Fantastico. Uh, hey, uh, welcome back to the second half of this episode. Um, and guys, I have a question for you. Um, how did they do that? <laughs> Oh, Corey, um, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, Please so, tell me. So what we did <laughs> was we wanted to look up different things in movies and look up how they did it. So those kind of mind-blowing scenes that you're like, oh, man, how did they do that? Well, we found out for you, and we found out the most important ones. So who wants to go first? Since I don't I, have one, I'm going to let do, you guys go. Yeah, I'll go first. Go for it. So I, uh, um, I looked immediately at, when I heard about this, I looked into Christopher Nolan because I know he does some really cool effects and I know he uses a lot of practical effects to pull them off. So I actually have a few stories from his. I don't know if you guys want all of them or just like a big one. All of them. But we'll start from. Give me the best from... story and then the worst story. Ooh. Where is she? Um, okay. Uh, well, I'll give you I'll give you a couple I'll give you a couple of them. Hit me. Um all right. Well, in uh The Dark Man The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um there's this really cool stunt in the beginning where there's um the president is in a plane and Bane or like a, a senator and Bane like and his cronies like drop out of a, a different mm. plane. And lower down into and like cut into the plane and like hijack it from within and like yeah, fake the senator's mind. death and like um, they actually did that and that's basically like the coolest thing about it is they actually had stuntmen lower out of a plane and land basically on another plane they didn't actually cut into it but they had then they had like a helicopter carrying a fuselage and they filmed stuff in that and then obviously there is a set as well the parts where um the plane looks like it's going in all different directions and they're like losing their orientation they have to like stand on the seats and stuff they use the same effect they use a rotating set the same set that they used for inception during nice. the hallway fight yeah um 
But then at the end, when so the few, when the plane actually lands on the ground, they they were actually flying in this area in Scotland. They actually dropped the fuselage from like thousands of feet up into the air onto the ground. They just did it and filmed it. And so um, cool. I think a lot of times we just assume that these things are CGI. And I think it's a yeah. lot cooler when you realize like they straight up did that. They like yeah. dropped a big chunk of plane out of the sky. You like know, Tom they, Cruise hanging on a plane. Yeah, yeah, and it always makes it better knowing that it, it was real, so I thought that was interesting. Also, there's a part where the semi-truck, like, flips over. I think that's in The Dark Knight, um, but they actually did that, too, with, like, a special piston that they put in the trunk, it, like, in the semi-truck to make it flip over, and they just actually flipped over a semi-truck. I love that. So, like, yeah, a lot of the... Awesome. The stuff that they do, they just actually did it, and and when you actually see it, that's what you're seeing, and it gives you like a I don't know. Knowing that gave me a, a new appreciation for a lot of those um, yeah. tricks that they do. Also in Inception, just one more quick uh, when when his Leonardo DiCaprio is dreaming and some of the stuff, or he's taking someone through their dream, but anyhow, stuff starts blowing up. They're mm. like sitting at that like coffee place and stuff like the coffee place just starts yeah. exploding. They they actually blew up a place. <laughs> like oh. they they oh like gosh. put in like air cannons and like uh, explosives to like shoot stuff everywhere. And uh, uh, I just I I don't know I find that really awesome when they and especially because they filmed that in like slow motion. So it really I think it was important. It, it needed to be real because it it was you know it's on screen for so long yeah but uh yeah uh just practical effects christopher nolan he's doing it for real uh, i'm excited for what he brings us in dunkirk but that's how they did it you know yeah um well for me i went all the way back to 1982 uh and i looked at tron nice yeah um apparently back in 1982 they used a technique from the 1930s and how they shot all the scenes inside of the computer so you know how it has all the fancy colors and everything's pretty muted and grays um i was really curious what kind of went in at that point in time with the technology they had to make that happen and apparently they went back in time to the technology they had in the 30s to make this happen. Um, so the movie during the video game parts, it was shot in black and white. Um, and then what they did was they printed the frames onto cells, like cells for animation, yeah. and they made them transparent and they painted the parts that they wanted in color. So they actually painted oh. all of the little video game armor and all the yeah. structures that had the red lines and the little blue lines, they hand-painted it frame by frame after printing it out onto transparent cells, and then they put it back together again. And that was 75 minutes of film at 24 frames per second. So it was 108,000 individual cells. Oh and they gosh. were each composed of 6 to 30 different parts. So two minutes of the video game scenes took two months to complete. Wow. Yeah. So you know, that, that reminds me of dedication. Um, you said 1930s. The first color film that was silent 
I think it's called Rocket to the Moon. It's on Netflix. No. Oh. And it's exactly like that. Every every cell is hand painted, and they change the colors sometimes in like the middle of of doing something. So you see like a gal with a a purple dress, and then the next scene, but it's still in the same scene. Yeah. It's pink. Huh. And it, it's really interesting um, to watch. It's a weird movie. I, I can't yeah, remember. I think, I think that's it's... in my queue. I haven't watched. You it should watch time. it. It's uh, it's interesting, just for uh, you know, a history kind of a standpoint of just how they did it and yeah. how they did it so well for that time. And it's it's interesting, but that's cool, Corey. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, Matt, did you have anything? No, that's it. Because okay. I, <laughs> yeah. No, perfectly fine. Um, now we are going to head into scene selections. Scene selections. Scene selections. Scene selections. Scene selections. Scene selection. Um, all right. Uh, we decided to do, since it's the holidays, our top three Christmas films. Um, we've done this before where we chose our top three. I kind of switched mine up because there's some movies that I think you guys should, should see that uh, some I've seen recently that I really enjoy. Uh, and we, of course, we don't know what Matt's three favorite Christmas movies are. So, very curious about that. This, this is primarily to hear Matt's list, but um, I picked, uh, because you guys already know my top five Christmas movies, I picked, like, unconventional Christmas movies. So I'm excited about it, too, because I love those movies where they they actually take place during Christmas, but you don't usually think of them as Christmas movies. So. Yeah, I'm, I know what I'm, one of them is. I'm wondering, <laughs> there was one that I didn't put that I felt like was kind of obvious. Um, but, uh, there's one, Chris, that may be on your list and mine, so I'm Ooh. interested to see. Uh, so I'll start it out, I guess, with my honorable mention. Um, this one's not a non-traditional one. This one's very much traditional, and it's actually a movie a lot of people hate. Um, but you can actually watch it on Netflix, Christmas with the Cranks. Um, oh. not... Great. A, a great movie, but it's one of those corny holiday movies you can put on with family and enjoy. And there's a weird supernatural element that comes out of nowhere in this movie, as well as a really over-the-top frozen cat. Um, and it's just one of those, like, families struggling to pull something together, and, like, the community's all against them. It's almost like a made-for-TV movie, but I actually really enjoy it. And anytime you get to see Tim Allen with Botox trying to eat, like, I'm in tears every single time. Because he just talks about how numb his face is as his wife's talking about how she's feeling. And he's, like, poking his face with a fork. And he's like, nothing. I can feel nothing. <laughs> and he's, like, chewing fruit and it's just falling out of his mouth because his face is totally numb. It's, it's a great scene. And everyone should watch that movie, if only for that scene. But, uh... 
Yeah, I will Christmas agree with, with the you Cranks, on that scene. My honorable mention. Alright. Nice. Who's going next? Uh, honorable mention. Ugh. I guess I could do an honorable mention to Jack Frost. Um, okay. Uh, Hold on. I don't Michael know. Keaton, Jack Frost? Uh, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. buddy. The horror, the horror version yes, of Jack Frost. Yes, buddy. That Corey introduced me to a, a few years back. Uh, it's a Christmas it, tradition. It's just, I know it's a tradition for you. It's the exact kind of movie that I, my family never watched when I was a kid. But uh, I kind of, I've really gotten into those types of movies now that I'm older. Um, it's just like, so, it's just everything you want out of a movie. It's, imagine like if, uh, Bruce Campbell played the snowman pretty much. Like that's the attitude that, that he that's has. A, that's a good <laughs> comparison. With yeah. with really good quips as he's killing people and like um it's just it's just really funny. It's a really fun like um way to kind of spice up a Christmas movie and make it less, you know, feel good and kind of more like just have a fun time. Mm. Uh so yeah. I guess I, since I didn't really have an honorable mention, I, I'll shout that one out because, Corey, I know you really like it. And oh, yeah. I really like it, too, now that I've gotten more used to it. Good. Good. Uh, Matt. I guess it's my turn. And honorable I always mention. go over the top, so I'm going to keep up with that theme. I Good. have three honorable mentions. Hit us. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Hold on. These aren't your top three, um, the first right? Up, nope. These are honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, number one is a classic, White Christmas. I think oh, we've yeah. probably all seen that movie. Yep. Um, I wanted to go with a classic movie in in this um, because the rest of them aren't like older movies, like mm. a lot of like Miracle on 34th Street and It's a Wonderful Life, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I watched I watched White Christmas the other day with my mom, and it still makes me cry. It's so good. I love so that movie. So good. <laughs> it is good. Uh, secondly on the list is uh, The Santa Claus. I probably yes, watch it every yeah. year. Tim Allen. It's uh, a better Tim Allen than The Cranks, for sure. Well, I don't know. Botox Tim Allen versus Santa Claus Tim Allen. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Thirdly <laughs> is Love Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, Love Actually is a good one. Yeah, okay. Love Actually is a good one. It's a great movie. Love Actually is a good one. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. You did good. Uh-huh. Incredibly funny. Okay. Stellar cast. In that movie. Yeah, and you can't beat Rowan Atkinson at the end. I love Rowan Atkinson, yeah. <laughs> and he just kills it at the end of that movie. Um, okay, so number three. My number three is an animated movie I had on VHS as a kid, and I watched it all the time, even when it wasn't Christmas, but Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. It's oh. a great inclusion of Disney characters. They are performed beautifully and fit very and well with the old Disney animation. Um, and it, of course, tells the tale of the Christmas story, you know, the Christmas Carol, and uh, it's fantastic. Scrooge McDuck is, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, which makes sense. Uh, but uh, it's a really a, a great animated film and perfect for the holidays and very kid-friendly as well. Nice. Nice. My number three is gremlins oh we Uh, share one i have to i have to uh throw some love on matt and adrian they uh introduced me to that movie i it was uh this is really shameful for me to admit but it was the first time i saw it i watched it a few days ago um 
Uh, that's actually a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. Yep. They talk about Christmas. Um, we don't often think of it as a Christmas movie, so the Gremlins uh, fits perfectly as a non-traditional Christmas film. It's so silly. It's so lighthearted, but also there's some really good, like, outlandish, like, gremlin killings in it. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Excellent. It's so, so over the top. I feel like you get a little bit of everything with that movie. Uh, this one also falls into movies that, you know, if you don't watch it when you're a kid, when are you going to watch it? And mm. when I was a kid, we didn't watch movies like this. You know? Yeah. My family was very like, especially as a Christmas movie, like that was totally out of the question. So I wasn't allowed to watch E.T. when I was growing up. So this one was like, you know, way too, you know, too much for, you know, my family and our traditional yeah. values. But I, I, I really like it. I, um, I really enjoy it. And I think for Christmas, you still get that kind of like family vibe that you want out of a Christmas film. So yeah. that kind of makes this one up a notch and really it deserves to be on a top three list because you still get what you need out of a Christmas movie, which makes you think about your family and, and appreciate them more, but it's also, you know, non-traditional. So yeah, that's my number three. Nice. Cool. My number three, I had a really hard time with the order um, because they're all really good and I don't know which one to put up top. Yeah. But I'm just going to go with, I'm going to go with the classic Elf. Nice. Uh, Will Ferrell's Elf. Um, good choice. Not Will Ferrell's, but no, uh, Will Ferrell in Elf. Elf um, it's it's good such good. a great movie. It's so quotable, and I definitely watch it every single year. It became a Christmas classic really quickly yeah. after it came out. I was well, kind of blown away. Like, I loved the movie when I saw it, but then, like, the following Christmas, everybody was watching the Elf again, and I was like, wow, this is only a year old. Yeah. Like, I that like classic christmas movies that you watch with your family are generally older than that so well yeah, yeah and that's what I that really movie did them. it that movie captured that atmosphere of those classic christmas movies and like yeah. those specials like that's what made that movie so special yeah and, and shout out to joey is really yeah exactly yep. too i think we don't get that like you think of will ferrell and you forget that she really was a huge impact on that movie well she's blonde in it so and and she's blonde in it, which is so weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's super love good. It. I love that movie. Okay, so my number two. Um, my number two is Gremlins. <laughs> oh, there you oh, go. Is, um, that the one, is that the one that you thought we might have in common? Yeah, that was the one I thought we might have in common was Gremlins. Wow, I didn't think that. I thought you meant a different one. That was, um, that was very insightful. No, as a kid, I loved Gremlins. And when I watched it when I was older, I was like, I can't believe I watched this as a kid. Uh, I loved Gizmo, who was voiced by Howie Mandel. Um, I did not know that. Whoa. Yep. Yeah, think that, of... That's such a cool little tidbit. Think of Gizmo's voice. Now think of Bobby from Bobby's World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that's watched Bobby's World, you instantly put the two together. Um, because it's the exact same voice. Uh, yeah. And uh, Frank Welker, of course, was the voice of some of the gremlins. I think it was the voice of Stripe or something. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, this movie is just incredible. And the killings are amazing. And the way it's a Spielberg movie. And the way Spielberg is able to capture scenes like the uh, professor in his school classroom as he's trying to find the first gremlin and you don't get to see it. The way that whole scene is shot, holding the candy bar underneath the desk, it's, it is a great 
great film and extremely campy, extremely cheesy, and seeing the gremlins singing hi-ho at the theater, and it's just... (laughs) It's yeah, so that was, that was the special weird part where they all great. sing along. Yeah, or when they're all at the bar, and for like no reason whatsoever, that girl is like serving them and like I know, trying. That to... doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. why did she stay there? Why did she just run away? I don't know. And <laughs> then the one that like flashes her so and. To serve these gremlins. <laughs> and I love the girl gremlin with, like, the big hat and the lipstick. And she's like, Wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. You, can't, you could not movie. make a movie like that nowadays. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, My number, number two. My number two is Die Hard. Yep, there it I is. I knew it. Yeah, this is a Christmas movie. Totally takes place during Christmas. He's flying home for Christmas to Come be to with party, his family. Have a few uh, laughs. And this movie is one of the greatest action movies ever made. Yeah. It's not even like like irrelevant irre- of whether it was t- done. You know, whether it takes place during Christmas time. Carl this movie Winslow's is so amazing. It, when you've been watching a lot of Christmas movies like White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life or Elf, this one just totally breaks the monotony of that kind of vibe. And it's totally, oh, my gosh, this movie is so good. Um, Alan Rickman is amazing in it. This is ho, when Bruce Willis ho, was totally ho. in that star. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is the, um, the inception of um, – what is it? Uh, – <laughs> Um, Yippie Kaye, mother effer. Yep. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, this is just incredible in every way, and I love this movie, and I love that it actually takes place during Christmas. I'm pretty and, sure you meant yeah. Magic Fountain. Oh, that's yeah. right. Magical, magical Fountain. Um, and um, this Yippie movie. Kaye, Magic <laughs> and this movie inspired Tyler Perry's Medea Christmas. So, you know, How is that? there's that what? too. That's I not real. That no, I made that up. Yeah, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, Matt, what's your number two? My number two is Scrooged. Bill yeah, Murray. That's a good one. I love one. this movie so much. I don't know if I watch it every year, but I've definitely seen it uh, a good handful of times. And I think it's the best version of that that tale, The Christmas Carol. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Muppet, the Muppets tie it up pretty well, but uh, yeah. this one is my favorite retelling of that uh, of that classic story. Um, Bill Murray, rare form. Yeah, I mean, there's what's not to love about that movie. Yeah, it's a great, great. That's film. it. That's all I have. Um, okay, so my number one, uh, my number one is a movie that actually came out last year. And I wasn't interested in the trailers whatsoever because it came out with another movie that was similar. Um, And it is now on Netflix, and I watched it. And I'll talk about that in a minute because it's called A Christmas Horror Story. Um, It came out around the same time as the Krampus movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And this has, like, a Krampus storyline, so I thought it was just kind of ripping it off, and it was a lower-budget movie. It was done kind of by a no-name, featuring no-name people except William Shatner, um, who's awesome <laughs> in it, uh, as a radio DJ. He's great. Um, 
but it's one of those kind of anthology movies, kind of like a trick or treat um, or like creep show where it's one main story, but there's four small stories inside of it that you're kind of following along or it might be three stories, but one of them's not great. It's kind of a ghost story. It's not overly fantastic or really Christmassy. Um, there's one about a Krampus. Um, and there's one about Santa Claus fighting zombie elves. <laughs> and Which one's the best? Um, the Krampus one was actually pretty good, but the other ones are taken extremely serious. So they have a more serious feel to them. Oh, and another one uh, that was actually really good involves a changeling. And that one was really cool. That one was really dramatic and cool. But the Santa one, like, knows it's being cheesy and campy. And it's hilarious. But this movie was, like I said, low budget. And you can tell at parts. But I, I was sitting at about a three. Because the one story that didn't work, the ghost story... Um, I was kind of like, eh, but the other ones were pretty good and kept me interested. And I was sitting at around three stars out of five. But then mm -hmm. when the end hits and you get the twist that the whole movie was kind of building up to, but you weren't necessarily aware of it, uh, it jumped up to a 4.5 out of five stars for me. Ooh, that's like, a big jump. I, I was watching it and I looked at my wife who I was watching with and I was like, are you fountain kidding me right now? And I was like, <laughs> I, and I look at her and I'm like, I love this. <laughs> and the, the way it ended was, it's fantastic. And I recommend people who are okay watching horror movies, uh, and, in movies along that genre to definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Nice. I've been holding this in for a few minutes, but. As soon as you said Shatner as a radio DJ, all I could think of was, this is uh, Shatner on the fly. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm glad you shared. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, uh, okay, number one. Number one. My number one is Edward Scissorhands. Nice. Oh, okay, yeah. That is a great call. Uh so these so what what were my three? Damn, I, I had didn't think about that. Gremlins, Die Hard and Edward Scissorhands. These are all movies that you don't generally think of as Christmas movies, yeah, but they're all movies that take place during Christmas that you can totally watch during Christmas. Yeah. This movie is an incredible movie. A uh, classic Tim Burton. Um Correct. Uh uh, Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp are both really great in it. It's a very heartwarming story, and um, also the heartbreaking. Whole theme of the movie, <laughs> it, well, it is. That's the thing is, you think of it as very sad, but it's actually a very like a very Christmassy tale, mm. essentially, um, about this boy who's you know trying to find a family and trying to find a place in the world, and uh, um, it's it's definitely non traditional. Uh, towards Christmas because it's not a happy ending, but at the same time, like um, it is 
um, there are moments in this movie where you realize that no matter how much of a freak you are, you can find a place and fit in. And uh, Yeah, but dude, course, you're forgetting he goes back to the castle and lives there, never coming down to see the people again. No, it's, I said it's... it wasn't a happy ending. No, I know, but I'm saying it's like Pinocchio if he was never made a boy, and they're like, okay, we can't just be around the creepy wood kid for the rest of our life. <laughs> right, but that's that's the thing. is it's, it's not necessarily a happy ending, but at the same time, it like... You still, he does like, he does come down and find a place for a while. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and, and those scenes, like when he's cutting all the ladies' hair and stuff, it's just, it's very funny and it's very heartwarming. It's perfect Tim Burton weirdness. Yes, it is. I love the way that movie is shot. Yeah, and very out of this world. The aesthetics of the movie and the color of the movie, just even going down the suburban streets and seeing all the uh, sculptures the hedge sculptures and stuff yeah. i just love that everything yeah, was meticulously drawn out and colored for that movie yeah and the it's, way he does the cool. set it just makes you feel like you're transported to this like magical land you know yeah. and like uh, especially what you said matt with the colors of all the houses it, it um it's so funny because it really is like it it's it's suburbia times 10 yeah you know? yeah um but everything that makes that town so um, noticeable and memorable are the things that are actually real about the suburbs. You know, yeah. very cookie cutter houses, very colorful, very traditional families. You know, um, so I don't know. I just it's yeah. a, it's an amazing, an amazing movie. It, so. And it just looks like it's one small step out of reality. Like they didn't go to where you feel like, oh, this is a completely different world. You're kind of like, this is like just a weird place. <laughs> right. Like, Beetlejuice is like <clears throat> all the way. Yeah. This one is just like just a, a shade. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good stuff. Nice. All right, man. I like that pick. Uh, drum roll, please. Just <laughs> kidding. Um... <laughs> uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ah, Jim there we Carrey. go. Yes, the Jim Carrey version. Yes. Just watch that tonight. It's... It's so that. good. There's so many quotable lines in that movie. Bye, Eagle. Get the ball back. Get the ball. Get the ball. There is no shit. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I mean, I could go off on a tangent of all of the... Um, and I believe the girl the said something about a check. There's no check. Are you sure? <laughs> no child can beat the grudge. <laughs> it's not a dress... It's a kilt, you sicko. Ooh. Yeah, ah, I love that movie so That's much. it, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey in his days. At the height right. of his powers. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, happy holidays to you guys out there. And uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on iTunes. Leave a review. Leave a comment on our site or on any one of our network outreach pieces uh and we want to talk to you we'll talk back we have no problems with that very true keep your eyes peeled for perception checks should be hitting um real soon it soon and it is so much fun we have so much fun recording it and it, I'm sure you guys will have fun listening to it, so yep. it's definitely worth checking out. And odds are we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Correct. That's true. Let's roll to see how wrong we are. Yeah, because I played my character wrong <laughs> most of the time. Um, 
All right. Well, Chris, take us out. Peace out from my hands. Milk was a bad choice.